Cruise Radio is brought to you in part by TripInsurance.com. Travel insurance done right by the people who know travel insurance. Get a quote today at TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, what's up? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Very happy to have you here. Coming up on this week's show, we'll get a review of Royal Caribbean's Oasis of the Seas. Don is standing by to give us a killer review of him and his wife's vacation aboard that one of the world's largest cruise ships. I think there's three of them out there now. Uh, also, Sherry Kennedy standing by with Cruise News. Just a couple of seconds. But first, uh, don't forget, Cruise Radio News. It's our Facebook group. Uh, kick around the Cruise News with us. Just look us up on Facebook at Cruise Radio News. All right, Sherry Laskin in for Stuart Sheeran on the cruise guy. Hey, Sherry. Hey, Doug. How are you? Good. Uh, Kicking off cruise news with some um, unfortunate news, some very, very sad news out of the Royal Caribbean camp that involved a crew member in a lifeboat drill. What do you have on this? Well, yeah, it is another sad event. A crew member died in a lifeboat accident aboard the Harmony of the Seas while it was docked in Marseille. It was just doing a routine uh, exercise, training exercise, I guess they call them, and they're not quite sure if the cable that supported the lifeboat detached or if there was some kind of mechanical failure, but the uh, lifeboat did fall about 30 feet right into the water. And along with one crew member that died, four more were also injured, and one has been released from the hospital in Marseille while the other three are still in hospital recovering. The, uh, the victim was only 42 years old. Mm-hmm. His name was Ariel Layson. He was from the Philippines, and apparently from the outpouring of, of emails and texts to Royal Caribbean, he was, he was known by a lot of the passengers and, of course, the crew, but he was an assistant engineer aboard the Harmony of the Seas, and he had also spent time aboard the grandeur of the seas. Um, so it's another sad a sad day with a crew member. This has been happening a lot lately. Yeah, it happened a, a couple of months ago to a Norwegian crew member uh, off a breakaway in Bermuda. So it, I, I did see where Royal Caribbean, you know, he did leave a he le- left behind a wife and a couple of kids. So Royal Caribbean set up a relief fund for shoreside and crew yes. uh, on board. So that was really big of Royal Caribbean. But yeah, just thoughts and prayers with that family for sure. Carnival Cruise Line they placed an order for uh, some more ships. What do you have on this? They did. Uh, Carnival Cruise Line itself is going to take delivery of two 180,000-ton cruise ships. Nice. Coming, yeah, I know. Coming out in 2020 and 2022. Um, it, this is unique, though. They will be powered by liquefied natural gas. Each ship will hold 5,200 passengers. And if anyone is interested, Carnival is going back to Finland to Meyer Turku as their shipbuilder, which they have not used in quite a while. At this point, specific design details and itinerary information is not available, but we will look forward to that. And, of course, you've got the 133,500-ton Carnival Horizon still under construction in Italy, and that one will debut in 2018. Yeah, so so Carnival uh, doing quite a hop up from 133,000-ton to 180,000-ton ship. That's a big um, one. Yeah, and you're mentioning about them switching from uh, Fincantieri back over to um, 
the shipyard it, in Turkey? Old. Is that was it? Yeah. Turkey? It, no, it's Finland. Finland. <laughs> yeah, Finland. That's it. So, what was that? The miracle. Uh, miracle was made over there, right? That class of ships, the Legend, Miracle, and the other ones. The four spirit ships and yeah. the eight Tennessee class ships. So there's a big history back, and and the reason you it sounded it's. Meyer Turku is the that's why yeah shipbuilder. <laughs> and speaking of Carnival Corp, one of their companies decided to jack up gratuities for the second time this year. Uh, what do you have on this, Sherry? Yeah, this is uh, seems to you know it follows suit. Another cruise line raises its prices for daily gratuities, and that happens to be Princess Cruises. And starting December fifteenth, Princess Cruises will charge. Uh, an average rate of $13.50 per person per day. Currently, it's $12.95. So it's not a huge jump. But by mid-December, things are going to change. And it's across the board on all of Princess Cruises ships. The suite passengers are going to pay $15.50 per person per day. The mini suite and club class guests are going to be paying $14.50. And then the lowly people in the interior, ocean view, and balcony staterooms, where you're usually where you will find me exactly, will pay thirteen fifty per person per day. And like you mentioned, it is the second gratuity increase for Princess this year. For one, I think that the crew deserves this, and if it's going directly towards the crew, awesome. I think it's kind of a little bold on their part to raise it twice in one year. You know, us old timers like me and maybe you when you were very little, you remember when we would get four envelopes on our bed and, you know, you would give cash. And I think, you know, maybe I'm naive, but I really think everybody put the right amount in the envelope and presented it to their server or the maitre d' or their room steward. And I think uh, things were done differently back then. But Nevertheless, it is a controversial um, decision, I think, on Princess's part. I remember sailing, uh, like, back, gosh, uh, what was it, uh, Sovereign of the Seas out of Port Canaveral, like, 10 years ago. And I remember going on the ship with exactly enough, like, I was breaking bills before I got on the ship to make sure that I had the envelope, enough for each envelope. So Yeah, yeah. I used to go to the casino, because that was the only place at some point in time that you can get $1 bills. So I would have to get that in order to make the, the oddball amounts that you would have to leave. So, um, yeah, now, you know what? There still are envelopes. If you go to the purser's desk, you can get envelopes if you want to go above and beyond. Yeah, you so. can. I actually have four of them sitting right here in front of me right now because uh, on Sunshine last week, <laughs> I wanted to um, give my cabin steward and my head waiter some extra cash because they were both totally awesome. So I went to the um, purser's desk and they had a whole stack of them right there. Nice. Along with a whole line of people removing their tips, but that's a whole different subject. So we'll yeah. move on here. Um, MSC Cruises, they're delaying their private island in the Bahamas. Uh, it was supposed to open in 2017, delaying it to 2018. Why? Well, according to, and I'll try to say this with my best Italian accent, Pier Francesco Vago said that uh, they're going to need more time to make sure that everything goes as they planned. And he is the, uh, the CEO uh, of MSC. So... You know, what he says rules, but apparently in, uh, what's happened is that they're still breaking ground. There will be a fish, an official groundbreaking ceremony coming up this October, and the name of the new private island is called Ocean Key MSC Marine Reserve. It's a mouthful to try to say, but um, they just want to make sure that everything is in order uh, 
to be a marine reserve as well as a place where people will just, you know, walk off the ship and plant themselves for eight hours. Fathom, they're adding more Cuba sailings uh, out of Miami. Of course, that is a social impact line. Fathom is uh, the new sailings to the DR and to Cuba. More Cuba, does that mean less DR? It means two less DR at this point in time. Yeah, it's been really popular, their cruises to Cuba. So uh, what they have canceled so far is the October 9 visit to the Dominican Republic will now go to Cuba, as will the November 6 departure. So they lost two from the DR, sending two new ones to Cuba. And what's really neat, though, is it will visit three destinations in Cuba, not just straight to Havana and back. And when it is there, it will spend two full days in Havana. So. Yeah, people will get to, you know, it's not like just a little eight-hour trip. It, um, you know, it's only eight hours practically from Miami, but uh, that once they get there, they'll be able to experience it in a, in a little more depth than they would have if it was just a day cruise visit. Well, and yeah, they're doing excellent work, but let's be honest. The goal of a cruise line is to make money, and they can't make money selling $199 cruises for seven days to the DR. Eventually, this had to happen because financially it only makes sense. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it, right now, there's still the leader heading over there. There's more in line. You know, we keep reading about this cruise line and that cruise line is planning to send their ship to Cuba next year. But right now, Fathom pretty much has it sewn up. So, you know, it, it is probably in their better interest to go where the money is. And right now, that's going to Cuba. Yeah, I, I think probably we'll see Royal Caribbean's Empress in there at some point, but uh, not yep. until 2017. Uh, last but not least, Holland America adding another ship to their Alaska lineup for 2017, but one less ship in the Med. One less ship in the Med, and I think that is indicative of what's happening in Europe. You know, I think a lot of the ships in, are experiencing a little bit of emptiness this year, mm-hmm. um, and so Holland America is using some insight and forethought, and they're taking the Osterdam out of the Med and repositioning it to Alaska, um, which has been absolutely booming this year with sold-out sailings the whole season. Um, when the Osterdam goes there, she's going to sail. I hate using she, but yeah, <laughs> so when it's Oster- what they are. Ships are she. I've always said it my whole life. I know, but it's just, I don't know, something. Of, I know they are a she, but ugh, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> the Osterdam's going to sail 21 seven-day cruises round trip from Seattle beginning in April, sailing through September. And there's some nice ports on this, which one is my favorite, which would be Sitka, uh, it will also visit Juneau, Ketchikan, and a day in beautiful Victoria, British Columbia. And there's still, um, it's going to be a record total, actually. And I'm not sure if uh, people realize there will be 135 Alaska departures next wow. year. Is that just that's for Holland just, America? That's just for Holland America. Wow. That's more than any other cruise line has on plan so far for yeah. Alaska. You know, this may, if, just like with the gratuities, if one cruise line's doing it, it's not unlikely that another will follow suit. So who knows? We may see more. You were talking about calling a ship a she. It reminds me of when I went to work with my dad. He was a river pilot here in Jacksonville, so he brought ships in and out of the channel here. And uh, I was he was docking one, and he said, push a little harder on her stern. And being a 10-year-old, I'm like, who are you pushing on? Who is this her? So I asked him, and it wound up they call all ships uh, she. So I've been calling a ship a she since uh, I was about 10 years old. I know. That's, <laughs> that's how it is. But I just somehow it just, eh, I don't know. It's just putting oh, you're a, such a, a feminist. 
I know. <laughs> Been talking with Sherry Kennedy from CruiseMaven.com. If you want to find out any of her links or her website, check out the show notes at CruiseRadio.net. Thank you, Sherry. You too, Doug. Thanks again. This is Cruise Radio. From its rich heritage, picturesque beaches, and unparalleled blue waters, it's no wonder over 7 million people cruise to the Caribbean every year. What do you want to do? Swim with stingrays at Stingray Bay? Go for an island tour? Take a beach break? Or set sail on a catamaran to spend the day snorkeling? Whatever you decide, CruisingExcursions.com has a shore excursion to fit your budget. Cruising Excursions knows your time on the island is limited and that you want to make the most of your day. That's why they have shore excursions up to 60% cheaper than the cruise lines and offer smaller, more personable tours. Find out for yourself. Research and book your next shore excursion at CruisingExcursions.com. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. If you missed any part of the show or want to hear more, go to cruiseradio.net and click on Radio Channel or go to iTunes and search Cruise Radio. Follow us on Twitter at Cruise Radio. We always like to get your cruise reviews here on the show. If you have one you'd like to share, drop me an email, Doug, at cruiseradio.net. Don and his wife just returned from a seven-night Western Caribbean sailing aboard Royal Caribbean's Oasis of the Seas. And Don's on the line right now. What's up, Don? Hey, Doug. How you doing? Good, my friend. I uh, was following along on your cruise a lot on social media, and I was super jealous. looked very, very cool. So before we get to Oasis of the Seas, we'll take a step back, and I'll ask you your pre-cruise thoughts. What made you want to take this seven-night Western sailing on Oasis? Well, we had sailed on Allure of the Seas a couple of years ago mm-hmm. and really loved that ship. And not that we normally sail during hurricane season, but last year we did a sailing and got a good deal out of it. So we were kind of snooping around, looking at prices, and the opportunity came to do this particular cruise and it's right around our anniversary so just timing worked out and we booked it and i'm so glad we did we lucked out with everything in the weather and while there were hurricanes out there none of them impacted our itinerary so we're all good with that cool and uh happy uh, belated anniversary how many years are you celebrating now Seven. It feels like just yesterday, but seven years we've been married. (laughs) He's very cool. So you make your way down to Terminal 18 and Port Everglades. How was embarkation for you? It was great. One of the good things, I guess, we've been sailing with Royal for a while, but with this particular deal we got, we actually got a junior suite, which was the first time we've ever done that. So we had a nice little sitting area. They take a little bit better care of those guests. So we had a little area right in the terminal to hang out before we got on the ship. We always get there early and we were the first probably of the first 50 passengers or so to get on the ship. Nice. Uh, How long did it take you from curb to ship? It probably took us no more than 15 minutes to go through the security check through and check in. And then we got there and had to wait maybe 20 to 30 minutes in that little area before actually getting on the ship. So all in all, maybe a, a Total time, an hour or so. Okay, not bad. So uh, you make your way on board the ship now. Uh, you mentioned you've sailed on Allure a couple of years ago. So what were your mm-hmm. impressions uh, on this ship as you boarded? 
Well, for a ship that's also seven years old, <laughs> oh, yeah. it, it was in beautiful condition. It looked like it had just you know, rolled out a dry dock. Everything was kind of how we remembered it. The ships are very, very similar, except for a couple of different venues here or there. But the staff was there welcoming people on board, and we were ready to just get going and exploring this massive ship. Nice. Uh, do you have any embarkation day rituals? Like, what's the first thing you do when you step on the ship? We do. So along with getting there early, we love to take pictures. So the first thing we always do is we go up to the pool deck because, you know, if you're ever going to get a shot with no one in the pool or a lounge chair, it's going to be embarkation day. Because mm-hmm. after that, all hours of the day, morning, noon, night, there's always someone in the pool <laughs> or someone <laughs> in a lounge chair. So that's what we've been doing. And Knock on wood, we were lucky. There's four pools on the main pool area and the Solarium pool. So we were able to get up there and get some great shots before the rest of the people made it up there. But quite honestly, there was already a couple getting ready. They were doing it back-to-back. So they were like, oh, are we going to be in your pictures? I'm like, oh, if you don't mind, I'll just take it on this little angle here. But So that's the first thing we do. And then we just explore the ship taking pictures. Yeah. Yeah. Not what I was expecting to hear. Most people are like, we go straight to the bar and get a drink. And you're like, I'm going to take pictures around the ship first. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, we went to the bar too. We make sure to get a drink for sale away and things. But we've become a little obsessed now with the picture taking. Right. Especially with social media and everything. Oh, totally. Feeling to document as much as possible our vacation. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, So let's move to your room. You said you got a junior suite on this sailing. And it was your first time sailing in a junior suite. So uh, what did you think of it? That's how the other half live. It's amazing. We're so, <laughs> we're just so used to being economical, or as my wife would say, cheap. We always do, usually an inside. I didn't think it was going to matter that much, but having all the extra space, extra seating area, and just the layout where everything fits seemed a little bit more logical. I think in the inside rooms, they just cram everything wherever they find a couple extra inches, they throw a outlet here or something, but it's going to be tough. Our next couple cruises that are booked are going to be an inside, but I would definitely consider it again if we could get a good deal doing a junior suite. It was just so much easier to do everything, get around. I had a walk-in closet, which nice. we never had on a cruise. We usually get stuck with those little cubbies. So it's definitely making us jealous because uh, a, a lot of people always say that they get suites and we're like, oh, it can't be that much different. But no, it definitely is. This might be a stupid question, but does junior suite have a balcony? Yeah, so yeah. we were right on the corner of the hump. Mm-hmm. The angle was a little rough on this, but yeah, and they had one lounge chair, which did fit, and one just kind of regular chair. I know some of the newer ship's balconies aren't deep enough to actually have a lounge chair, but this one was. So cool. we took it full advantage of all the space and the balcony and everything we could for the seven days. Let's uh, switch gears here and talk about dining aboard Oasis of the Seas. Of course, there's like almost two dozen dining venues on this ship. So, so much. Did you get any dining packages or anything before you sailed? We didn't. No. We tend to do just the, kind of the traditional dining. Okay. We did do a couple of specialty dinings, one dinner, and then a few snacks at a couple of the other venues. But we ate at the main dining room six out of the seven nights. And what'd you think of it? I would say it was on par with mm-hmm. other Royal Caribbean ships. There were some things that we really loved, some things that were just okay. The service was spectacular. Our entire service staff were friendly, outgoing, very attentive, and let's just say I never left hungry. <laughs> okay, there you go. Do, do they have a three-story dining room on that ship? 
can't remember. They do. And yeah. so originally they had just one big massive dining room with the same kind of theme like mm-hmm. you would expect on most ships. But they did go through dry dock. Originally they were going to convert them into different restaurants. So the theming is actually different on each level. So we were in deck four, which I think was Grande. And then one deck has this uh, – so Grande is kind of a French, more traditional main dining room. Then one was American Icon Grill, which had more of this pop culture American feel to it. And then the other dining room was silk with a lot of red hue. So it was nice. We definitely went through all the dining rooms taking pictures, of course. But So even even folks who don't get assigned – the food's always the same. It didn't matter what level you were on. The menu was the same every night. You know, It did rotate, but it didn't matter what dining room you were in. But just to get a different feel, definitely during the day, take a look at the different dining rooms because they are different with theming and, and such. You, you mentioned that the menu is rotated. So would one night, would it be like uh, an American icon menu one night and then silk the next night? No, unfortunately it wasn't. It was more their traditional dining menus you find on their other ships. It would be nice if, if that was the case, but it was pretty typical fare. They are changing the menus, so they were testing out a couple different items, which mm-hmm. were hit or miss. But... I did see a couple items. They did have a couple items on the menus from those different restaurants, but it wasn't themed. It was just sporadic sure. hero. One dessert from American Icon, yeah. uh, one appetizer from Silk one night that we recognized. Cool. Um, you mentioned that you did a specialty dining. Uh, which one did you do? We did Chops, their okay. signature steakhouse, which I think we've been on 12 Royal Caribbean cruises now. We had never eaten there. Mm-hmm. But we decided to do something special for our anniversary, and we booked it in advance so we could guarantee to get the night we wanted. And we loved it. It was probably the best steak I've ever had on a cruise ship. What does that cost per person these days? I want to say on our sailing, we pre-booked it at 39 okay. And on board, I think it was 42 Not So not a huge cost savings. but And I think on some other ships, the prices may vary a little bit. But it was definitely worth what we paid for it, I feel. Cool. Uh, how about the like the buffet area, the Windjammer? What did you think of that? We actually never really ate there. Oh, wow. There's just, as you mentioned, there's so many different venues, and we like to kind of test things out and to avoid crowds, too, because we'll be honest, right? That tends to be the busiest dining venue. For sure. Uh, so we never actually went there for any meals. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Then we'll switch gears here, and we'll talk about entertainment mm-hmm. aboard Oasis of the Seas. So uh, what was your take on it? Oh, we love the entertainment. For folks who know, you have to pre-book a lot of the different shows. They have the Broadway show Cats, which... It's like I guess an odd choice. It's a very long show, mm-hmm. so it's so it's a full theater production. Something you get in Broadway it was over two hours. Thought the production was really well done. Other some people said they had seen it at Broadway and thought it was the same caliber. The singers and dancers were top notch. They have a comedy club. We did that one night. They had some other. Show. They have the Aerial Aqua Theater where they do the diving show. That was one night. It's just so much entertainment. And again, we're planners. We never want to miss a thing. So we pre-booked everything just to make sure because there was a very long line of folks on that first day trying to get whatever show availabilities were left. What about the music around the ship? Was there uh, like live bands and guitarists, soloists and such around the ship? There were. And Mm -hmm. one thing I like about what Royal does is the performers usually have their venue. I know some other ships, the, the performers kind of rotate through some of the venues, so you have to look and see in the daily activities. But the English pub most nights had a guitarist who played Motown or pub hits, Jimmy Buffett, stuff like that. They had a Latin band in Boleros, which is their Latin bar, and they have their piano bar. So yeah, there was live music everywhere on the ship. 
uh, it was just tough to try to we try to get to every single bar into here you know stay for a little bit have a couple of drinks and actually listen to the performers but just it's not really possible between all the other stuff going on to get to every place so we tended to gravitate either to the schooner bar because I like piano music, or to the pub. Okay, both good choices. Let's switch gears, and we'll talk about sea days on the ship. Of course, uh, one thing that really defines a cruise ship is how it behaves at sea as far as passenger flows, both inside and out. Now, I know this is like a 5,400-passenger ship, and it's got like seven distinct neighborhoods around the ship, but on sea days, how did it uh, behave? Like, Were there any areas of mass congestion or anything? No, actually, which is amazing, because... That was the one fear we had. We hadn't been on a ship. Well, there aren't many ships this big, right? So we hadn't been on a ship this large, and we were just worried like about the crowd and things. But maybe it was a time of year. We never felt that the ship was crowded. Again, exiting shows or, or going to dinner, will there be small lines? Sure. Do you have to wait for the elevator for a few minutes? Yeah, that's going to happen at any ship. But here, given the size you mentioned, there were never any issues. One day, we were like, oh, it's 1 o'clock. We'll never get a a lounge chair, but let's just go try. And literally half the deck was empty. So, I mean, that just tells you how the ship is able to accommodate everyone, and they just go to different places at different times. So we would definitely sail on a ship again (laughs) this time of year if that's what it means that you're going to have less crowding issues. Yeah, for sure. Now, how about like dining during sea days? Were there any crowds there? Well, we could see the crowds in the buffets, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you want to go right at 12 o'clock to the buffet, you're going to have a line. The bars weren't too bad. We still had to wait a few minutes. I would, I would say some of the venues we hit that for lunch or breakfast were steady, mm-hmm. but it didn't bother us at all. I remember on Allure, the first day we got on Allure, a couple of years ago, and we went to the secret place, Park Cafe, which has the, the famous roast beef sandwiches, mm-hmm. and we waited in line like 35 minutes. Whoa. And that was just day one of that cruise, whereas here, I think I waited no more than three or four minutes any day I went to get something to eat there. So definitely, whether it's just they've figured out how to crowd control or time of year or a little bit of both, it was like we were on a much smaller ship. Awesome. Now, I know you're a big fan of the drink packages. So did you get the drink package on this sailing? And uh, what did you think of the value of it? Doug, are you saying I'm an alcoholic now? I'm not saying that, but we all are on cruises, right? <laughs> yes. You know, I'm kidding. Yeah, we, we've been doing the drink packages for a while now just because we tend to find value. And I like the convenience of knowing this is how much my bar bill is going to be. So we did do it this time. Oasis has... Starbucks, the Oasis class, is one of the only class of ships that have Starbucks. So we did a drink package and also bought the Starbucks coffee card because the drink package we had did not include Starbucks. And again, we thought it was well worth um, well worth getting the package. The packages have changed a little bit since we were on board. So we'd like to see next time we go on Royal Caribbean if the drink package still is as valuable as we think as it was this time. Does your drink package work when you get off this ship on the private island? On the private island, it does, uh-huh. yeah. It works for pretty basic drinks. Of course, they try to sell the souvenir glasses that glow or the big extra tall mm-hmm. drinks. It doesn't work for those, but any standard drink, it works on Royal's two private islands, and we visited one of them this time. Cool. So uh, speaking of private islands, uh, what ports did you hit, and which one was your favorite? We did Labadee, Haiti, their private resort. We went to Falmouth, Jamaica, and we went to Cozumel. And we had great weather at all of them. We kind of bummed around this particular cruise. We did a lot of beach stuff. 
something that was different, and I, th- my wife really wanted to do it, so we did it, was we did the Martha Bray rafting in mm-hmm. Jamaica. Have you done that before? I never have, no. It's nice. It's very relaxing, and we had a really nice guide who would stop and show us different things and tell us about the history that you go by some nice estates and different things like that. It was definitely not for someone who needs to go ziplining or was outgoing, but since we've been to Jamaica so many times and have done some of the other stuff, it was definitely something different to, to consider. Cool. And uh, did you book that through the ship or a private company? For that particular one, just to make it easy, we did book through the cruise company. Okay. We had looked, you couldn't book directly on the website for it. And I'm pretty sure if you went through a third party, the prices were roughly the same and you still have to get transportation. So, you know, just to make it easy, we went ahead and booked that again, pre-cruise, of course. So we booked that with Royal Caribbean. Cool. So you make your way back to Port Everglades. How was disembarkation for you? It was smooth. We always do the self-checkout where we just take our bags and go. And they give you about an hour, hour and a half window that you should be out. We we pushed it right to the very end. <laughs> I think it was between 6.30 and 8. They asked you to please disembark. So it was really right at 8 a.m. But from getting out of our room, getting down and exiting the ship and through customs, maybe 30-ish minutes. And it wasn't like we waited. It was just, just so many people in such a long line that you weave through that it just takes that amount of time. So no issues there. Cool. Now, I know for a fact you have 25 first-time tips for people sailing Oasis of the Seas, but give me a couple of your biggest ones you want to give to the listeners. Yeah, there's a lot a lot of things to do. Well, I mentioned some of them already, getting the roast beef sandwich at Park Cafe. It's probably one of the best lunch items you'll have on a cruise ship. You'll notice a lot of these have to do with eating and drinking. Sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, getting the handcrafted margaritas at Sabor, which is on the boardwalk there the best margaritas you're going to get on the ship definitely but arguably on any cruise and then a little fun one is the small wonders art exhibit or do you know about those i don't know no so throughout the ship they have these they look like stands or sometimes they're actually wall artifacts and there's 40 i think 40 or 42 of them throughout the ship and if you look through them you see a scene a 3d scene okay so we didn't get to look at all of them but so if you walk around and you see something odd, you're like, what is that? Look inside, because you might see some pretty cool art. <laughs> That's really – where is this located? They're all throughout the ship. Okay. Uh, I, we, we have a link to someone. Someone's actually done it and gone to every single one and documented it. Oh we, didn't, we didn't have that commitment. So you can <laughs> check exactly where they are. You just walk by some things like in Central Park or you might be on the pool deck and say, oh, that's, what is that thing there? So and just look inside. And obviously, it's not the fire extinguishers or anything like that. It just is a piece of art, and they have all these miniature scenes that I made. That's very cool. Uh, looking back over this seven-night sailing, what was the biggest highlight for you? One thing we like, and it was our anniversary, as I mentioned, one thing we really like is spending time in Central Park. So mm-hmm. that's the neighborhood that's in the center of the ship. And it's a place, at least on this cruise, that not a lot of people went at night. They have a small bar there, but it's quiet. It's lit up. It's beautiful. You can have a drink at the bar, or they have their wine bar there with some alfresco seating. It's good after a long day. You're still outside, but you're not on your balcony, so you have the experience of being out there. But it's just a different atmosphere. It doesn't feel like you're on a cruise ship. So spending time there, that's where we had that specialty dinner at Chops and things. That would probably made made our cruise. In closing, give me your final thoughts of Oasis of the Seas. Final thoughts is definitely give Oasis Seas a try. There are two other ships in that class. Oasis is the original, and it still holds true all this time. It, it still has a great experience. The food was 
was on point and the entertainment top notch. We've been talking with Don Buccalo over at EatSleepCruise.com. You can catch some of the uh, coverage from his seven-night Western Caribbean sailing in the show notes at CruiseRadio.net. Don, my friend, thanks for being on the show and great talking to you. Oh, Thanks as always, Doug. Great talking to you. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not, not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Overseas Radio Network, iTunes, or at CruiseRadio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at CruiseRadio.net. I'm your announcer.